Well, it's a busy day. We've just had big hikes by the RBNZ and the Bank of Canada, both lifting rates by 50 basis points. Not a massive response to that on the markets. There's been a stronger response from the UK CPI numbers. Higher than expected and more signs of what's to come with rising producer prices in the UK and the United States. And today, US retail sales. We get inflation expectations for over there and in Australia. Plus, Australia's employment numbers. Lots going on at the end of what's been a very short week. It's Thursday, the 14th of April, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has fallen 0.4%, dropping back below 100 on the DXY index. The euro is up half a percent. The pound is up 0.8%, whilst the Aussie dollar is down almost 0.2%, 74.4 US cents. The Kiwi dollar, after their big rate rise, down 0.9%. We've got small moves in bond yields, though, even in Canada after their big rate rise. Ten-year yields uh, there down just one basis point. It's the same at the front end. Down three for ten-year Treasury yields in the United States. Everything, it seems, has switched direction today. The Nasdaq, uh, shares back up. Uh, not just up, in fact, the Nasdaq is up 2%. The S&P uh, 500 is up 1.3%, 1% up for the Dow, whereas stocks are going the other way in Europe. The DAX is down 0.3%. And oil rising again. Brent up 4%, almost at $109 now. WTI up 3.6%, pushed over $104. And on interest rates, well, up half a percent for New Zealand and Canada. The central banks in each country have gone the full 50 basis points. Here's NAB's Gavin Friend. Uh, not a massive surprise and not much of a reaction on, uh, on the bond markets to this, has there? Yeah, morning, Phil. Yeah, I think the bond market sell-off, you know, the move to high yields that we've been seeing seems to be taking a bit of a breather. I mean, yes, we still have the steeper curve. So two-year yields dropping faster uh, than 10s and 30s. US two-year yields down, you know, 230, down 26 basis points really over uh, two days. 10s down about half of that. Um, driven, I mean, that curve steepening continues to be driven by the spectre of uh, Fed balance sheet runoff. But the broader pullback in yields Wednesday has offered a reprieve for stocks. Um, and as you say, the Nasdaq, which uh, tends to be more sensitive to these things, uh, has outperformed. I mean, we did see, counter to this, some punchy US producer price data for March, up 1.4% on the month. Market was looking for about half of that. Again, the, the the core rate double expectations at 1%. But I think the potentially encouraging news we got in Tuesday's US CPR report, which included, if we remember, lower used car prices, lower clothing, uh, restaurant food was lower, communications, even a stabilisation in rents. All kind of bodes well, even if it's early days, for inflation topping out in the US. And that's also behind a late day slide, I think, in the US dollar um, off about uh, 0.7 of a percent. And I guess going um, up, going up 50 basis points doesn't matter too much, does it really? If you, because uh, it is the, it's the end game. What is the terminal rate or what's the rate going to be at the end of this year anyway, which I think is 3% for the RBNZ, perhaps getting up to 3.335% next year. And if you, if you, if you think you're going to make a move and you know, you know, you've got to get up there. And you know you're going to have to fine tune later. I mean, it's common sense actually to stick to stick the big moves right at the beginning because you you know you're going in that direction. So start big and fine tune as you move forwards. Yes, that's right, and that's exactly what uh, the RBNZ have done. Um, they've left that their their they said they're quite happy with their uh, sort of OCR peak 
the track really uh, in the OCR rate that they laid out in February, which was for a peak of around about 3.35%. The markets were pricing in something around 4%. So that's why, despite the 50 basis points, which was more than most economists were expecting, but I think markets were broadly, I mean, 46, 46 basis points was priced in. Markets are, br- are broadly accepted it was going to be about that. Nobody was really surprised. And I think, you know, what you could say is, hang on a minute, we're going to go another 50 basis points at the May meeting. So suddenly New Zealand rates are going to be at 2% and then they're going to go 25, probably every meeting until November to 3%. So to your point, it's a big front loading, but the peak of the OCR is looks like it's, at this stage anyway, going to be lower than market surprise at something like three 3.35% or so. Which is quite which is quite a difference, isn't it? But if, if, if they are sort of like going, well, let's get up there faster and then see where we're going to go. I mean, they could do it again, couldn't they? Couldn't we have another 50 basis point rise the next time? Oh, indeed, and that's what and that's what markets are already pricing in. Um, and to that point, ditto the Bank of Canada. I mean, they rose, you know, they rose rates fifty basis points to one percent today. So that's the chunkiest um, or the biggest rate rise they've done in twenty two years. Um, and you know, the communication from Governor Macklem is the same thing that things you know are very strong. Uh, prepared to go more aggressive if needed. And there, and there, Go- Governor Macklem said he expects rates will return to their sort of neutral range of 2 to 3%, um, you know, fairly quickly, but, but policymakers prepared to move, you know, more forcefully if needed. This is the message that we're getting from all these, and we're getting it from the Fed, as we know, in spades. We've got to get out there ahead and uh, try and... Uh, you know, crimp down on some of this inflation that's hitting consumers in the pocket. But aren't they forecasting growth still over 4%? You know, even with all these big rises, they're still expecting over 4% GDP in Canada. That seems a, that seems a bit unlikely, doesn't it? Yeah. Inflation is still rising. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? N- none of this, I mean, and it's the same as the US. The US, you know, pulled down its growth forecast from 42 to 2.8% at the last round. Um, this is, you know, this is the sort of touch it and say they just don't know where they're going to be. Two or three hikes down the road. Nobody's got any doubt the Fed's going to go 50 basis points at the next meeting. It's after that what happens. And all of that is going to be dictated on the path of inflation, the path of incoming data, where markets are, how markets are taking it. And attendant to that is going to be, of course, you know, what happens to balance sheet runoff in all these countries. I mean, Canada, again, uh, they've now announced that they're going to um, stop reinvesting in maturing bonds from the end of this month. Over the next 12 months, Canada's got some $350 billion of government debt that will mature and run off. I mean, that's that's a that's a further significant, you know, tightening of, uh, it of, is. of monetary policy. Yeah, it's a big reduction in the money supply, isn't it, as they do that? Because that is, that is money destruction as they, every time they do that. So uh, it's not such a clear path for the Bank of England, is it? I mean, they're not meeting till the 5th of May. But look, they have, they had their CPI numbers in the UK today. They were higher than expected. The month-on-month core rate has gone from 0.8% to 0.9% in March. Uh, but the expectation was it might have cooled a little bit. The, the, the top-line inflation number is now 7% year on year up from 6.2% and uh, that was for that's for March. I mean we're in April now. This is the month when energy bills have gone up. So that figure is only going to go up, isn't it in in uh, the UK? Yeah, it's the fastest inflation uh, rate in 30 years. So we're 10 years short of what's going on in the US. But 
Whereas in the US, we're talking about it potentially peaking, we're going to be going onwards and upwards, probably to maybe to double figures, possibly to 10, 11% in the UK by the time we get to October. And that's really because of the way that the energy market is is priced. You know, there's a cap that the government puts on for householders to stop them bearing the brunt of all uh, the uh, inflation uh, rises coming through on energy prices. But that, that cap will be raised again in October. It's gone up 54%. That's going to hit the CPI numbers for next month, and then it's going to go again in October. So further rises there. It's broad. And yet the Bank of England is the one that's basically... It's ahead of the pack. It's already at 0.75%, but it's going at a slower pace. You've now got the debate of saying, because the Bank of England is communicating, that it only needs to see probably a further... It may need a further modest rise rise in, in rates. We've been saying 25 in May probably take a peak, uh, probably take a pause, sorry, at that point, and then there's a chance of another 25 to one and a quarter in the coming months to the coming year. The question is... Does it need to do a bit more than that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it, it, once again the UK is uh, it's the litmus test, isn't it, for the rest of the world? Because it is. It, I mean, the, the the circumstances there, even though CPI may be a little bit lower, if you look at the uh, you know, as you're saying, getting up over ten percent. If, if that's going to get over ten percent, the retail price index, which some say is a more realistic level for the cost of living for the average family, that's already up to nine percent. So that's the sort of price level that people are looking at. And then the producer prices as well. Look at the producer prices: five point two percent month on month in March in the UK. That's right. I mean, nobody's underplaying this, but we have to remember that through next year, a lot of this is going to drop back out again at the annual comparisons. You're going to get stuff actually falling quite fast. And I've seen some expectations, some forecasts that we're going to get back down towards the 2%, possibly by as early as next year. I mean, the Bank of England has been forecasting this would happen. We get back to below the 2% target by probably early uh, early 2024. So, you know, that's the direction of travel. Uh, I think markets just need to see this coming through. They're going to need a few more months' data. It's going to be interesting how that plays into market psychology, I think. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's going to be a lot to study when all of this is over, isn't there? Uh, look, oil, what's your theory on this? Because it's up today. Despite an increase in inventories, the EIA reported an extra 9.4 million barrels stored in the week uh, to April the 8th. So it's up to 421.8 million barrels, which is only 13% below the five-year average for this time of the year. So rising inventories, but uh, well, oil going up today. Uh, what's, I, the, what's the story there? Well, I mean, the IEA lowered its global oil demand growth estimate on China's lockdowns, but then it also noted that OPEC Plus have only managed to provide some 10% of the supply increases that they've promised for March. So there's still a supply shortage. I think that's the broad story there. Right, okay. And ECB, later on today, uh, here's here's somewhere that they're not going to hike rates just yet. They're still buying bonds as well. Lots of catching up to do. Are they going to outline much today, do you think? It's not a full policy meeting in the, in the sense that we, we're not going to get any new inflation forecast or growth forecast. They'll come in June. But we do think that, you know, remember in March, they basically said that they dialed back their, their QE numbers for April, May and June. They will, they envisaged ending QE, the APP program, uh, in the third quarter. We think they're actually going to end it at the end of June. But we don't think they're going to explicitly announce that at today's meeting. They'll probably just um, nuance the sort of phraseology of how they're going to be tapering that uh, over the coming months that will give the market the idea that an end of QE is coming 
in June. Why? Because they need to clear the decks because inflation in the Eurozone is 7.5%. It's not that far behind the US um, for rate rises as early as July. Our, our forecast is for September. The market's got, what, 65 basis points priced in by the end of the year. But the ECB's got to tread a fine line because we still have this horrible terms of trade shock. There doesn't look like there's going to be any end uh, in the near term to the violence in Ukraine. And of course, that's keeping energy prices on the boil. The prospect of that going on and that terms of trade shock just hitting countries like the Europe, you know, that stagflationary sort of impulse is still there. And, you know, um, as German industry and German government is warning, they can't go faster to exit out of that reliance on Russian gas, particularly because it will push them into recession and then they'll be able to help less with the work. so it, so it's either a quick pain that will be really painful for them if they were to do that um and energy prices are going to really go skyrocket again or they've got to go the slow route but it gets much more prolonged i think markets are coming around to that idea mm. um you know that it's 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 not a good outlook for europe at the moment and it's difficult to see through it and that's why the euro is is, is quite heavy well, yeah well i mean while everyone is looking at quantitative tightening i mean there might be a need for more fiscal stimulus in europe and you know maybe the central banks are going to have to buy up some of that monetize some of that debt they might have to go the other way who knows uh, interesting times look let's have a look at what's happening in uh, in australia at the moment we get employment numbers today Hey, Anthony Albanese, uh, if you're listening, you might want to pay attention to this number, the unemployment rate. Uh, will they fall? Will they fall enough to prompt wages growth? And is that going to be enough for the RBA to take notice? Yeah, so this is the March um, employment report or labour force report. Consensus is for something like 30,000 jobs. We're going for 50,000 jobs. You're right. All the focus is on the unemployment rate. It was at 4% last time round in February. It's expected to tick down to 3.9. Could even be lower than that. That'll be the lowest since 1974. And it plays straight to the RBA's sort of recently found um, penchant for forward-looking guidance rather than you know, trying to predict when wages are going to move. I mean, the lower the unemployment rate goes, the more confidence the RBA should have that wages are picking up. Just thinking about our own NAB business survey that we came out uh, on Tuesday this week, it showed, um, you know, uh, a surge in wages to 2.7% in quarterly terms, which is the highest in the sort of 25 years of the survey. So, you know, things are starting to move there in the right direction. And, um, you know, obviously the market is aligning to an earlier rise um, from the RBA, now all pointing to June. And, uh, you know, potentially some people are going to get excited about uh, May if we get a a lower unemployment rate today. And uh, I don't know how useful right now uh, inflation expectation surveys are, but we get it from the Melbourne Institute for April. Uh, it was 4.9% last month. Uh, it was down at 3.2% a year ago, which is one of the lowest reads in the last eight years. Last month was the highest ever. Uh, so uh, I wonder where that's going to go today. And then we get the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey out later on, which includes their inflation expectations. For the next 12 months, last time, the expectation was 4.9%. That seems light on, doesn't it, given that CPI is 8.5% already? Um, it does. But, of course, you know, um, a lot of these, um, we're looking at the very short-term run of inflation. If you look at the five-year, five-year, 
break that down um you know you can see it's all front loaded further mm. out markets are not so uh, or expectations are not so elevated and u.s retail sales later on as well uh, 0.3 percent growth in february but it was 4.9 percent up the month before that but that was a catch-up from december which saw a two and a half percent fall so that number has been all over the place so it's going to be interesting uh, to see what that number is today and if that's not enough uh, corporate earnings uh, kicks off as well in the united states lots of banks uh, before tomorrow's open citigroup wells fargo goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. There is a lot going on, as I said right at the beginning of the podcast, but that'll do for now. Uh, good to talk, Gavin. Have a good Easter break. And you've been suffering from COVID. I hope you get over it because it's it'd been a fairly mild attack, though, in case anyone's worried. You're, you're, you're doing okay, aren't you? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> Cheers. He's in London. You're a unique specimen in London if you haven't had COVID yet. That's it for today. Enjoy your Easter. Don't eat too many Easter eggs. Well, why not? Uh, I'll catch you again on Tuesday morning. Have a good break. <laughs> 